Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Matthew, we're uh, going into to summer here, and um, we have a, a family trip coming up in a couple of weeks. We're excited about uh, getting together. It's kind of hard to get everybody together these days. Um, Danielle, uh, my daughter, uh, your sister, got married last year, and um, and you, you've been a little busy lately, right? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, what you been doing? Yeah, there's a, there's a wedding coming up this fall, and yeah, yeah, to say a little busy is an understatement. If you've ever planned a wedding, it is... There are so many details, I, and I'm a detailed person. I'm a financial planner, and yeah. I, I plan for a living, and oh my gracious, <laughs> it, it has been so much yeah, and has been wonderful, and it has been such an opportunity to plan this with my fiance, but oh my goodness, there are thousands of details, and that is not an understatement, thousands yeah. of details. Yeah, it is. Uh, it can be overwhelming. You sometimes have to step back and, and look at the big picture, um, which I, I know you're you're doing some of. But yeah, when you get down in the weeds, it's it's hard to see the big picture sometimes. And That's right. I know you're in the weeds as well. But we're all excited for you. Yeah, so, it's it's a fun time. Yeah, a lot of a lot of things you can make in progress. You got dates and venues and got, right. got some other That's things right. that are going to be knocked out this week. So uh, excited for you and the folks listening out there. Hope you're having a good summer. And we have a great show lined up today. We've got a couple of good topics here. Uh, we're going to start off. Uh, Matthew's going to lead us through um, the a Kiplinger article. It's a good, good topic. Yeah, that article is talking about retirement ages. Um, it, it, the title is kind of self-explanatory. It says, "Beware the retirement hazard zone." Those years right before and after age fifty-nine and a half. Again, it's from Kiplinger. It's a great, great article. Yeah, and then we're going to switch gears and talk about uh, long-term care insurance. So uh, we get a lot of questions on that. Uh, this comes from the Ramsey organization. Good. Good conversation. We'll give you our kind of our take on long-term care as well and whether you need it or not. So uh, got, got a good show lined up. And uh, by the way, I'm John Travis. I have an MBA in finance. I'm also a Dave Ramsey certified coach, and I have over 30 years of experience in planning for both corporations and individuals. And I'm Matthew Travis. I'm also a financial planner here at the firm and have been here for right at five years. Yeah. Yeah. Right five years. June the 4th. Um, that was my 16th year anniversary here and uh, fifth for you. So it's kind of cool we started on the same day. Same day, a couple of years apart. A couple yeah. years apart. That's yeah. right. That's right. And we're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. We're up every uh, Friday morning. Um, you can get access to the show through the website or uh, moneymd.net is the website. Or you can go to iTunes and uh, listen to us uh, at your leisure. So uh, check out our website. If you haven't been out there, moneymd.net, we have... Um, some good, uh, some good um, videos and some good uh, spreadsheets out there. Some good tools for you. If you've never looked at that, go go check that out. So uh, we're going to start off here with the uh, financial fact of the week, and I'll take it, that one. Um, this has to do with long-term care coverage. And so Matthew, Dave Ramsey generally recommends getting long-term care coverage at age sixty, um, and he he does so number of reasons. It's it's a little bit less expensive at that age, um, and also more people get approved at that age. And so the financial fact is if, if you wait um, if from 65 to 69, there's about 38% of people who are denied getting that coverage. So they do a very deep dive into your health records. You basically have to give access to your health records to the companies. They want to go in there and see 
uh, what what appointments you've been going to and what the doctors are saying because they, they want to make sure they get um, a qualified pool um, to, to cover. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, so 60 is kind of the targeted age. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that in the article, but yeah, it's a good good age generally for people to, to, to aim for. Yep, yep. So uh, we're going to switch gears here and do the uh, Kiplinger article, Beware of the Retirement Hazard Zone, the years right after 59 and a half. And 59 and a half is a is an important age. It kind of is the the time that you can start pulling money from your 401k without any type of penalties. Yeah, and the decisions you make in the four to five years right after you hit that pivotal age um, can have a big impact on the rest of your retirement. Your life can break down, um, can be broken down, you know, financially, you know, <laughs> per se into three main phases uh, when it comes to your retirement journey. The first is your accumulation phase when you save money into your savings accounts, your IRAs and 401ks. The second is when you turn 59 and a half, the age, like you said, um, when you can start drawing from these accounts. Um, and that's something we call the retirement hazard zone, which then lasts four to five years into your retirement. That's this third phase. And that's really the beginning of the distribution phase um, as you spend down your assets and enjoy retirement. But the outcome of those those four to five years in this 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 zone can significantly impact that third phase. Yeah, most people haven't really heard of the 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 hazardous zone, retirement hazardous zone at fifty nine and a half. There's no uh, alarms or warnings saying that. Um, so many people continue to position their money in the the same strategies as they always have, regardless of their retirement um, timeline. And unfortunately, that can have some pretty significant consequences. And so. That's why the period after 59 and a half can be considered the retirement hazard zone, a time for, you know, looking at how you're allocated, making the right decisions to make sure that the rest of your financial future and retirement is is secure. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of talk through that um, as we go through this, but 59 and a half is kind of that trigger point. And for most people, this time is the peak of your financial cur- uh, curve when you are going to have the most money you've ever had, right? You've been building, you've been accumulating, and you haven't spent any of that. But timing is crucial. With more money comes the risk of losing more, losing a sizable portion of your nest egg due to a stock market uh, correction. Uh, any time in the hazard zone can affect the rest of your retirement, um, especially if you're not diversified. And you can remember 2008, if you, uh, you or, you or you know, your friends or family um, if you're getting close to retirement and the mar- markets went down 40 to 50 percent, depending yep. on how you were invested, how many bonds you had, um, you know, what would you do? Um, you know, your 401k may have turned into a 201k, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it could have been cut in half. Um, and if you're not prepared for that, it can throw you into a lot of uncertainty. Uh, people had no idea when they could retire, no, no idea how much their accounts would be worth how long it would last after that. So there's just a lot of confusion, specifically, you know, if you don't have a plan and, and especially if you're not diversified. Yeah. You got to have a plan. You got to have a process in place. Like we, we talk about, if you listen to us frequently, when markets go down, we, we pull income from bonds, which then protects the, uh, the shares of stocks and allows them to recover. So you got to have a process in place. Um, you know, in addition, you know, back in 2008, um, People may have been forced to work longer or maybe even lower their, their lifestyle standards because they were laid off from their jobs. That was a difficult time and they were forced into early retirement. So can you imagine being a couple years into retirement, spending from your nest egg and, 
and seeing a significant stock market crash. I mean, that was a that was a challenging market for sure. But you know, another reason this period is so hazardous is that if you continue the same level of spending you started with early in your retirement during a downturn or recession, there's something in our industry called sequence of returns risk. Um, this is where you, a negative return uh, a couple years in a row early in retirement can have a very um, uh, devastating effect on your portfolio as you continue to spend. Um, you're locking in losses, leaving less left to, to grow when the, uh, from the downturn and, and using um, you know, mutual funds and variable annuities that have costs associated with them. So these problems can certainly compound um, to leave you running out of money before you run out of life. So that's why the retirement hazard zone is so important, um, and it's why the period starts exactly when you start withdrawing from your retirement accounts, whether that's 59 and a half or 61 or 65, whatever that time frame is, you've got to have a plan. Um, you've got to make sure you understand how much you can spend and also have a process in place. And I think that's part of the peace of mind that we add to our clients is, hey, you know, when we do the retirement plan, we build in negative years. We expect right. them to be out there. About 25% of the years we have built in as negative years. So when they happen, it doesn't blow up the plan. So you got to make sure you understand that piece of it. Yeah, and the hazard zone is not, it, it's not that there will be issues. It's just, it's being aware that this is a, an important time to really pay attention. It's like driving through the mountains and you see, you know, the sign that says potentially there's fallen rocks. Like you're not expecting every time you drive through there to be fallen rocks, but it you're could. at least, you're at least preparing yourself for that. Uh, and a couple of mindset shifts, you know, can be crucial when you're entering this phase uh, and throughout this 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 phase, uh, in the accumulation phase, you're focused mostly on saving money, growing it, and wanting that healthy return on your investment. However, once you're in this retirement, you know, approaching retirement or in retirement, in the first couple of years, the protection of your of these savings becomes, in, uh, you know, an additional thought to that. Uh, mature investors realize um, that you, you know, it you can have higher returns in the stock market, but also adding in fixed income can help to level out those the, the volatility. So, mm -hmm. you know, as you approach closer and closer, you know, meeting up with someone and discussing, hey, how are we on a risk standpoint? You know, do we need to add in more fixed income? Um, the second, you know, important mindset um, is going from growth. Um, again, you know, going from, from this growth mindset to the asset um, protection. So that, you know, again, that that is going to look different for different people. Mm -hmm. we, you, you give this example often. We have a few clients in their 70s who are 90% in the markets, right? Yeah. They have right. a lot in the, in the stock market, very little in fixed income. And it's because they understand, hey, when the markets go down, we're just going to not pull out from the markets during that time and, and, and let it recover yeah. Um, in that. So it just depends on your your tolerance for risk and your mindset. But reevaluating that yeah. is, is important. Well, you had a good a good um, saying about a 60 percent um, stock portfolio, 40 percent in bonds. 60 percent is is there for the longevity to help you with inflation adjustments. And the 40 percent is for the near term to be able to provide income. So it's kind of positioned both for a downturn and an upturn. And I think that's yeah. a good way of looking at it. So, you know, the first step to navigating retirement uh, hazard zone that uh, Kiplingen talks about, which is interesting, is, you know, as soon as you turn 59 and a half, you can actually take money out of your retirement accounts, your 401ks, without paying any penalties. Um, uh, you know, it's the first time that you can actually move your 401k to something that's called an in-service withdrawal um, 
or an in-service rollover without any tax consequences. So you got to be careful with that one. Make sure the check is made out to the custodian. You don't want to take receipt of that. But you can keep your current 401k active and in-service and still contribute to it and get the employer match. But you're taking the bulk of it and you're moving it to an IRA account to self-manage, or maybe you have an advisor that you work with that can help you manage as well. And, um, you know, outside the, the 401k, typically you got more options, um, you know, more of a, a process in place. So when you roll your 401k over to an IRA, you, you know, you kind of open up um, different ways of investing. And, um, you know, essentially you can break your 401k free from being held hostage by your company's plan and position it in a um, in a process or in a in a in a place that you feel more comfortable with. And quite frankly, I mean, trying to get um, you know customer service folks on the phone sometimes is difficult at these four hundred one k companies. So just being able to manage it and control that is can be important. Yeah, that's that's right. And this, this last kind of just tidbit is we've been talking about it throughout, and our firm really does spend a lot of time on this, and and it's why a lot of people do use us as is to have a financial plan. And, you know, a lot of people come into our office, you could boil down a lot of the questions to, am I on track, right? Am I, am I where I need to be with my family, with my age, with my goals, am I on track? And that's part of the perspective that we can provide as we look at hundreds of situations every year to say, Hey, generally this is a good idea or, Hey, I think you're, you're going to miss what you're desiring in this. So, you know, entering into this 59 and a half age or near in retirement, really asking the questions, you know, have I saved enough? Will my money last into retirement? Is my family accounted for my plan? Or just whatever your goals are financially, asking a trusted family member, asking a financial planner, really nailing some of these down. We, we have seen, and it's, it's, you know, for most people, it provides peace. It provides a sense of, okay, yeah, we understand what's coming. Um, the sequence of returns risk, we understand that. We have some bonds, we have some equities, we're, we're gonna be okay into this phase and throughout this phase. Yeah, so the peace of mind that brings is is tremendous. I mean, having a financial plan, stock market's going to have ups, they're going to have downs. It's it's kind of built in and um, you know, it's something that you can um, you know, if you can answer those questions confidently, then you can have a peace of mind. So when you reach that point, you're on your way to protecting your finances through the retirement hazard zone and setting yourself up for a comfortable retirement that you've worked really hard uh, over your lifetime to save for. So good um, good discussion on the retirement zone. Uh, some good thoughts there. I like, um, um, you know, the, the controlling your money piece of it is important, um, having a plan and a process. Because, right. I mean, markets, I mean, everybody loves it when the markets are up. It's like, that's easy, right? But when it's down, what do you, you got? Yeah, you got to have a process in yeah, place. Right. So um, good, uh, good discussion. And uh, we're going to switch over here to the question of the week. And this is talking about retiring as well. This is um, uh, one of our listeners sent this in, and it was a great question. It, it asked this, I'm retiring soon and wondered if I should move my 401k to an IRA or leave it in my 401k. And I'll, I'll start on this and let you fill in. Um, the short answer is there is not one answer. There's many different options. You can leave it there. You can roll it to your new 401k at your new place of employment. Uh, you can move it to an IRA. Uh, and self-manage it, you can move it to an IRA and have help with, you know, professional money manager. Um, there's a lot of different options, th- different pros and cons, you know, for each one. Uh, it's really just depending on, you know, what you're desiring to do with this money. If you want 
it to be in a process of distribution or a process to have this financial plan. Maybe you do use a financial planner. If you just really enjoy managing your assets and you want to move it to an IRA and self-manage it, that's fine as well. Again, there's different you know, pros and cons uh, or you know, advantages, disadvantages for each situation. Um, but generally, we recommend to move it to an IRA because there's more flexibility yeah. Yeah. and you're no longer under the control of your employer's plan in those rules. There's just much more flexibility in an IRA than there are in 401ks. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think um, rolling it out, we actually had that conversation yesterday with um, with a prospect. It's um, retired a couple of years ago, has money in the 401k. So he's self-managing it, but um, the options in the 401k are, are not great. They're okay, but moving it to a self-managed IRA at a Swab or Fidelity or Vanguard is, is, a, is would be, in our opinion, would be a better option um, than keeping it in the 401k. Yeah, and this is just a tidbit. Um, if you have after-tax money in a 401k, that's an especially, um, th- that is a, a really good option to move that money to IRA accounts. If you have questions about that, please ask us, but there's a lot of tax advantages to move mm-hmm. that money if your plan allows it. So yeah. again, you know, advantages to move it. Yes, that's right. Good question of the week, and we're going to switch gears here to uh, talk about long-term care insurance. Article from the Ramsey organization. Um, you know, long-term care, Matthew, can be a, uh, a, a touchy subject. It's not something most people want to talk about over the dinner table. Um, no one wants to think about themselves or their loved ones being unable to live on their own. But, you know, it's likely in the future um, that you need to consider it at least. So you need to take a hard look at how you're going to pay for it. You know, is long-term care insurance really necessary? Um, how do you know if you actually need it? Uh, Medicare um, should cover that, right? No. They, not, yeah, not typically. Not, not typically. So maybe you have friends or family that's going to care for you. So there's a lot of questions that people have on long-term care insurance, but we'll, we'll kind of define what it is and what it covers. Yeah. So long-term care insurance covers the cost for a nursing home, assisted living facility, or in-home care when you when you or a loved one gets older and starts dealing with some health issues. Um, long-term care is defined as any care that is longer than three months or 90 days. Long-term care insurance also covers things like adult daycare services, home modifications, and care coordination or management. Uh, for many people, it allows them to protect their nest egg while also living um, in, in their home longer. So it allows people to come in and care for them um, even while they're in their home. Yeah, so the question is, is who needs long-term care insurance? And, and chances are you'll, you'll end up needing it. Um, the numbers um, are, 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 it's just a fact. I mean, seven out of 10 Americans over the age of 65 will need long-term care um, in some form. And uh, 20% will need it longer than five years. And unless you build enough wealth to be self-insured, long-term care insurance is a, is a good way to make sure that you don't end up running out of money at the end of your life. So, um, you know, the cost of it um, scares people a lot. You know, the average cost of, of um, uh, a, a month of locally is between five and $8,000 per month. And that's, that, that's a nursing home. It's a nursing home. So that's that's full right. full care. That's right. It, and it depends. There's some independent living facilities to full care. So sure. yep. it ranges. Um, now, you might be thinking, you know, how about government programs? Can't they help? And and don't make the mistake that that believe in Medicare will cover long-term care costs. It, it doesn't. Um, and Medicaid, uh, which is the government program designed for people who don't have any money, 
will cover you know some long-term care expenses, um, but it should not be your first choice to have um, spend your you could, because you're gonna have to spend your assets down in order to get Medicaid, and then you don't have a choice of the facility that you go right. in. It, it is right. it is driven um, by that. So I will say that when we do long-term care planning, um, we look at um, different sources of income. So if you have Social Security, if you have pensions, if you've saved up assets. And you have a month, and you have an annual income of let's say a hundred thousand dollars. Part of that can go to pay for long-term care, right? Right. The other spouse, if you have one, can stay in the house and live on the remainder associated with it. So it depends on how much you have saved up. So um, the question is: Is long-term care uh, in, insurance worth buying? And it, it can be absolutely, and it can be uh, it can be a good deal uh, depending on what your health is and how much assets that you have. And the reality is. Um, Americans, most people can't afford uh, long-term care, and that that's true. We do see people that come in that that have saved well, that they're self-insured. So, uh, if you know, you may have to dip into your savings, but it's kind of like that discussion we had on the last article. You know, if you set up a plan and you know what your income's going to be uh, over time, then you can use that income to pay for the long-term care. Right. So, we do have a lot of clients that are self-insured. Uh, long-term care insurance allows you to live in your home longer, which is great. It pays for things like in-home care and home modifications as well. Yeah, that's right. Another benefit is that your family and friends won't be burdened with every aspect of your care. Um, if, you have, if you have a history of you know needing this care, it could be especially worth looking into. Um, and yeah, you can spend more quality time with them without relying on them for your everyday care. I will say, you know, with with everything that we talk about, um, we never want there to be decisions based on fear. So while there is wisdom in planning, also like there is a balance to say, hey, we, we don't have to think through every contingency to have done well planning. So, you know, if we've saved well and we're self-insured, maybe we don't need long-term care insurance. Could it be the worst case scenario where, you know, we're in there for 10 years and it drains everything? It could, but also there is a balance between living now and planning for the future. We never want to say cut off everything now to have every contingency covered in the future because that's just not... You can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah. It's not that's not feasible. So that's just a little, a little tidbit. Yeah, I agree. And uh, so the question is, is how much does it cost? And, you know, obviously it depends on age, gender, health, family history. Um, the, law, the cost of long-term care insurance can be affordable um, and it can also be very expensive. It depends on, on how old you are typically in your health um, so the average 60 year old man pays about $1,200 per year for a policy that covers $165,000 in care. Um, so that would be, you know, two to three years of coverage. Uh, the average 60 year old woman would pay close to $2,000. Uh, they typically live longer. Um, so the insurance companies require women to pay more because there's additional risk, um, for the length. And so the average 60 year old couple, would pay, you know, twenty five hundred to three grand a year for a combined policy, and couples uh, discounts they range from fifteen to thirty percent depending on where you live. And it's also important to know that long term care insurer insurers can increase your rates after you sign up, so don't be surprised if your rates do climb. Um, but here's kind of a silver lining: long term care insurance premiums are tax deductible up to certain limits. That's good to know. Yep. So you'll save some money there. Uh, no matter what you end up paying, long-term care insurance still gives you, uh, it, can, it can be worthwhile mm-hmm. um, since there's a good chance that at some point in your life, you, will, you or your spouse will need long-term care. Yeah. I'll tell you that just historically, the long-term care industry is, 
has not been good at estimating cost and and people come in frequently with notices from their long-term care insurers saying hey you, your premiums increasing um, by 10% we've seen upwards of 40%. So uh, they do have the right to do that and they typically have increased the premiums at that point you have a choice of do you continue to to pay the higher premium or do you reduce the benefit. So they give you a couple of different choices in there but when you when you buy those policies you got to expect for increases because um, uh, they, they've happened historically and they're probably going to happen in the future. So, right. so the question is, is when should you get it? And again, Dave recommends uh, 60th birthday um, is, is a reasonable time. About 92% of long-term care claims are filed by people older than the age of 70 um, with most claims starting after age 80. So that's why it doesn't make sense to start long-term care earlier than 60 um, and if you wait, like we did on the financial fact, if you wait into your mid 60s to late 60s, the chances of you being denied in, increase as well. So, mm. um, good good conversations that we have with people on that. Um, some people are self insured, um, and um, you know, it just kind of depends on your situation. So, if you're listening to us and you have no idea if you're self insured, if you need to get it, um, certainly reach out to us. Um, you know, at um, uh, you can go to investryaa.com or moneymd.net and uh, connect with us there, and we'll we'll be more than happy to help you. So, uh, the last item on the list here is uh, prescription of the week, and um, this is uh, we talk about this frequently, but it's such an important topic: is make sure your beneficiaries are updated. Um, we see uh, a lot of times people's beneficiaries aren't correct. Um, maybe they've had a family member pass away. Maybe there's been a divorce, a death in the family. Some people don't put any beneficiaries on there. It's very confusing and creates a lot of issues if you don't have your beneficiaries correct. Beneficiaries are the most powerful tool to manage your estate. Okay. I mean, trust and wills are good, but the beneficiaries supersede both of those. And you can you can distribute your money, your your checking accounts, your savings accounts, your four hundred one ks, your IRAs, with with beneficiaries. So make sure that your beneficiaries are where you want them. Um, take a look. You're listening to us now. Um, go check it out because it is important. And we don't know the day that we're going to pass. So you want to make sure those beneficiaries are up to date. Yeah, it's a great great point. All right. So um, good luck on the. The the wedding planning. Thanks. We'll sure, be, I'll be on here before before that <laughs> October date. But I think so. I think so. So we're glad you joined us, and uh, this has been this week's edition of Money MD. You can tune in next week on MoneyMD.net to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Go to our website MoneyMD.net. You can send us your questions or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at seven zero six seven three nine zero seven two five. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.